0: about the blessing and the Holy Spirit is opening things up and making me feel like a kindergartner. And, and I'm sometimes crying, God, why didn't I see this 10 years ago? It's, God's vision of our life and our experience in life are so far removed from each other. But they don't need to be. All we need to do is receive His Word as truth, build our lives upon the truth, and let Him redefine our lives. I shared this with you last week, and I can't overemphasize it. That we have to allow the truth of God's word to redefine us. And if the Bible says that he has redeemed us from the curse, then do not allow anyone, no matter what their title, no matter what their position, no matter how big of a crowd they have behind them, do not allow any human being or devil to curse you. You are not the cursed of God. If you're in Christ, you're redeemed from the curse. And we read this in the very same section that the whole, according to Galatians 3, the purpose for Christ hanging on the cross was in order that the blessings of Abraham could come to the Gentiles, that we could receive that blessing through the spirit of faith. And I said this to you last week that we ought to desire everything the blessing brings to us, everything, because it's not about greed. It's about gratitude. If he died that I might have it, then I'm not going to allow anyone to tell me I don't need it. And I'm not going to allow them to separate me from the blessing by telling me it's of greed. You following me? Then we feel ashamed for desiring to be blessed. No, no. If he hung on that tree that I could be the blessed of the Lord, then it's of gratitude that I say I want it all. Amen. Amen? And then I said that there ought to be not a Christian. If you're in Christ, there ought to be not one of us that ever defines ourselves as poor. Remember the, the, the illustration we used last week? That the way the blessing removes poverty from the people of God is because it no longer matters what rung of the economic ladder we're on. We're the blessed of the Lord, even if we're on the bottom rung. So then when somebody asks you, are you poor? The answer is no, I'm blessed. And I'm climbing the ladder. I'm moving on up. I'm, I'm, I'm George jefferson it. Right? I'm moving on up. I might not be to the penthouse yet, but baby, my story ain't over. Because I'm the blessed of the Lord right here, independent of my circumstances and my situation. Because, listen to me, the blessing of God, has anyone got their Bible? Turn to Ephesians chapter 1 and read verse 3. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. That's in the New Testament. I just had to throw that out because it's been done to me. I, you got it. Read it. Stop. Right there. Hold that for a second. Did you hear what he just said? Mm-hmm. Has, Has blessed. Yes. That's past pretense. Meaning, it's already done. So we're not waiting to be blessed. We've already been blessed. Yes, yes. Amen. Has blessed. Continue, Zach. Has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual given by the Holy Spirit. How many blessings? Everyone. Everyone. Now you've heard me say this before. Everything that's of the kingdom is spiritual. That means we don't wait to die to experience. It It means that's the point of origin. Everything comes from the Spirit. The Bible teaches us that the things of this earth are temporal. They're temporary. And they came after the things in the Spirit. Even the tabernacle was built according to the pattern of a spiritual one. So the blessings emanate from the Spirit, but they impact the natural. Now, the reason I want to say this to you is this, and then we'll get into the message. The blessings of God are not natural. They're spiritual. And this means that they're greater, they're stronger, they're more powerful than your natural environment. So your natural environment does not alter the blessing. The blessing will alter your natural environment. You you follow me? So you can't say, I'm not blessed because of, and then tell me what your situation is. Yeah, because I've already been blessed with every blessing. And it's a spiritual blessing that makes it greater than my natural environment. So it doesn't matter if I don't got two nickels to rub together. If the penny in my pocket is suffering loneliness, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Because he says I'm blessed, and that's all I need to know is what has he said. You see, for too long, we've operated like natural people pretending to be spiritual. And what we ought to realize is we are a spiritual group of people. We are prophets, apostles, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. We are leaders and not followers. We are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. We are spiritual people changing natural environments. Amen. So you and I are the blessed of the Lord, because the moment we gave our lives to Christ, all of the blessings of God became ours. And one of the things I said to you was that the blessing of God is kind of like the kingdom's multivitamin. Because whatever you need, it's in there. Right. So we need to learn to think blessed. So today I want to talk to you about how to. Activate the blessing right because we need to live a blessed life I, I think I said this last week that you know in the beginning God created environments right you know you understand that God always established the environment before he put creation there he, there were waters and in the waters he put fish fish were the environment but the environment came first The environment of man is perfection, the Garden of Eden. It's the place of His presence. It's also the place of blessing. It's the place where everything flourished. You were designed by God to flourish. You weren't designed by God to decay. You weren't designed by God to be confined. You weren't designed by God to be cursed. You weren't designed by God to have a miserable life. You were designed by God to flourish that everything you put your hand to, it prospers. And because flourishing is God's design, it's also God's desire. God desires for you to flourish. No doubt about it. And we have to believe that. And we have to, and I'll say this and then I will get into the message. When God looked at everything he had made and it was in a state of perfection and everything was flourishing, God said, that's good. Right? So you need to know that as you flourish, as everything in your life blossoms and blooms and fulfills its purpose, when you have shalom, y'all, nothing broken, nothing missing, God looks at it and says, that's good. And when it's all good, it ain't all bad. Amen. So let's go on today I want to talk to you about how to activate the blessing. and like everything in the kingdom you receive it not by achieving but by believing right it, God doesn't set a, a a banner or a reward and say now I want you to achieve it through, strength of arm, strength of mind, and intellect and willpower. It's not about achieving, it's about believing. And when we believe, we receive. There's one who achieved, and he's already done it. So the first thing we have to do is believe that we are blessed. And this means we got to learn to walk by faith, because sometimes walking by sight, we look around at what's around us, we look at where we live, what we're driving, what we're going through, and that does not jive with the fact that I'm blessed. But that's the whole reason why we have to walk by faith. Can I say this to you? It takes no faith to walk by sight. That's right. la! I want to say that again. It takes no faith, absolutely none, to walk by sight. So if you look at what you're going through, and it's bad, and it's hard, and it's a struggle and all you're doing is singing the blues and hee-haw, right? You know what I'm talking about? Doom, despair, and agony on me. (gasps) Then you're walking by sight. It takes no faith to talk about how bad things are. It takes no faith to be afraid because the inflation rate's going up. But it takes faith to believe that even in a time of famine, I can do business and reap a hundredfold return. It takes faith to believe that everything I say will come to me and everything I put my hands to will flourish. It takes faith to decree such a thing when your environment is contrary. Are you all following me? But hear me when I say this, God expects to be believed. He, the thing that he desires from you and me is faith. He wants us to be those type of people who are so radical, so fanatical, so single-minded that we say, whatever he said, that's the way it is. And if he said, I'm healed, then my days of confessing sickness is over. If he said, I'm blessed, then my days of fretting the curse is over. Amen? Amen. And let me ask you that. How many of you want to be an unstoppable force for good? Yes. Then you need to be blessed. You need to be so blessed that it doesn't matter what those... I don't know if I have words for some of the people that lead us politically. <laughs> and if I do, they probably ought not to be said in church. Not that that's ever stopped me before. But... You and I need to be so blessed that we're independent of boneheads. That it doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter if our company collapses. It doesn't matter if there's a famine in the land. It doesn't matter if everything dries up and dies. It doesn't matter if it all—if there's only one patch of green grass in all of Greenville County. It'll be the patch of grass I'm standing on. Because everything that has anything to do with me has no choice but to be blessed. And that's the way you and I got to look at it. That it doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter what they do. And it doesn't matter how bad the environment gets. Because if everything goes dark, greater is he that is in me. And he is light. So if the greater one's in me, I don't ever have to walk in darkness. Because you can't extinguish the power that resides within us. Amen. Amen. And when we know that we're the blessed of the Lord, our confession stays the same, our boldness goes through the roof and things work for us that don't work for no one else. So we have to believe that we are simply because the Bible says that we are. Amen. The ultimate objective is, is, I didn't even start my timer. The ultimate objective of faith is to make God's truth our reality. So that means we keep believing, we keep receiving, we keep confessing. Because if it's written, our uncertainty is unnecessary. For instance, you know, the Bible says that if we're believers, we'll lay hands upon the sick and see them what? Recovered. Now, it doesn't matter if we've never laid hands on the sick. It doesn't actually even matter if we've never even seen anyone recover. You could be the first one to see it in your whole family. Come on now. Well, pastor, I've never seen anyone get healed. Well, then heal someone. And you'll see it. There's got to be a first time for everything, right? But you have to be courageous enough to believe that if the Bible says I can do it, I can do it. It doesn't matter what my history says. It doesn't matter how many of my ancestors died of this, that, or, you know what, because all of my ancestors have died. Say lie, let that, you'll get it. It doesn't matter what they died of, they all died. So it doesn't matter if I've never seen any of them recover. It doesn't matter if everyone in my family died of 62 of some dreaded disease. If the Bible says it, I believe it, and I'm going to step out on it. And if I become the first person in the Miller family to ever see anyone recover by the laying on of these hands, then I. got So it doesn't matter if no one, if no one in my family's ever been blessed. If everyone in my family's always been poor white trash, none of that matters. Because old things have passed away; all things have become new. And if none, of all, no one in my family's ever been blessed, I'll start a brand new legacy. Because I'm going to live a blessed life and my children and my children's children and my children's children's children will have a new legacy because great-great-grandpa decided to believe the Bible. So step one is we have to believe that we are blessed. Well, pastor, what if things don't change overnight? What if it takes two years? What if it takes 25 years? Well, then you and Abraham have a lot in common. It's not the speed of the change, it's the inevitability of the change. And if it takes 25 years, then you're right up there with Abraham. Because the Bible says he did not waver, he did not grow weak in faith. Why? Because he believed that the one who had promised was capable of fulfilling what he would promised. So you and I, it doesn't matter how long we're at the bottom rung. Yeah. Our confession stays the same. He's capable of doing it. Yeah. He's capable of getting me to rung number two. He's capable of getting me to rung number three. He's capable of getting me to the top of this ladder. And it doesn't matter how long it takes. Amen? Yeah. All right, so step number one is believe that you are. Believe that you are past the point of doubting. And step number two is what we're going to cover today. Go with me to Genesis chapter 1, verse 22. We have to learn how to activate the blessing. I think some of you have heard this story before. One of the most tragic things in life is to have potential and never see it realized. And the story I have that best illustrates this is back in 1985 when I graduated from high school. And I grew up in a... Midwestern farming community, we had pickups, but nobody had a sports car. You understand what I'm saying? The car of choice was jalopy. That's what we all drove. But one of my buddies, he bought a Corvette. This was huge. I don't know if I ever saw a Corvette in my town. And so my buddy had it and I don't know how I convinced him to let me do it but I convinced him to let me use it one Friday night because with my mullet and my Corvette I was a chick magnet. Jord ass jeans, long hair, white Corvette, Miracle Mile. So I, I convinced him to let me borrow his vet and I got out to his house and Got the Corvette, took it to my house, went and took a shower because tonight's going to be the night. Put on my Brute by Fabergé. Oh, shut up. I told you we were lower middle class. Brute was the best. I get out into the car, I sit down, I turn the ignition, nothing. I look good, I got a good car, and I ain't going nowhere. You want to know why? Because he never told me there was a hidden kill switch. There was a button you had to push. If he wasn't bigger than me, I wanted to kill him. Because that Friday night, you know what I did? I couldn't even drive my jalopy because he had it. The point of the story is this. It's one thing to know you got it. Maybe you better know how to use it. Amen. So when it comes to the blessing, how do we get it to be something we're not just talking about and something that actually changes our Friday nights? Genesis chapter 1 verse 22 says this. God blessed them saying. God blessed them saying. Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 23 23, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, listen to this, once more they shall use these words in the land of Judah. He's talking about when I bring them back in the land of Judah and in her cities, when I release them from exile, the Lord bless you. Once more they shall use these words, the Lord bless you. Psalm 133 verse 3, Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from the mountain, from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion, and there the Lord has pronounced, one translation says, commanded his blessing, even everlasting life. You know, the reason I'm giving you these verses is because out of the mouths of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. I'm trying to teach you, all of us actually, how to make use of the blessing. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 14, so he said, have no doubt, I promise to bless you over and over and give you a son and multiply you without measure. That's so good, I think I want to say it again. Kind of like the dessert bar. You want to go back. So he said, have a little doubt. Have, no doubt. have you ever heard? I, I remember I've heard this more than once. And my wife sometimes when I'm in other churches has to hold my hand. And she'll actually more than once. She's looked at me and said, shut up. Because I've heard preachers say a little bit of doubt is good. I've heard other preachers say, well, a little bit of fear is healthy. Uh Uh-uh. Have no doubt. Why? Because the one who doubts, according to the book of James, is up and down and here and there. And the Bible says, let that man expect to receive nothing from God. So he said, have no doubt. I promise to bless you over and over and give you a son. That means give you what I promised you. Yes. What I promised you, I'm going to give you because I'm not a man that I should lie. And if I've said it, I will watch over my word to perform it. If it comes out of my mouth, it will accomplish what I send it out to do. Thank you, Jesus. So he says, I will multiply you. Without measure. Everyone say, it's the blessed life for me. And it ain't about greed. It's about gratitude. Don't you want to live the life God ordained for you to live? Not the one other people told you you got to live. But the one God says you can live. A flourishing life. A life where every dream, every vision, every promise is made manifest. Where defeat is temporary and victory is ongoing. So step number two in stepping over into a blessed life. And I don't know about you, but bro, I want to be blessed more than I've ever. I've experienced, my wife and I, we've experienced seasons. Where the blessing of God was so grand, it made no sense. But I want that season to be a lifestyle. I want it to become the norm. Right? I want to be so blessed it irritates my neighbors. Because you've heard me say, and this is scriptural, when you know you're blessed, when your neighbors get upset. Because it provokes them to jealousy. Because you become the epistle known and read of all men. When they're having to get many mansions, you get an actual mansion. And they don't understand how and they don't understand why you're able to tell them about the blessings of Jehovah, the almighty God, not to barely get by, but the more than enough God. And when they accuse you of greed, say, no, bro, it ain't got nothing to do with greed, it's gratitude. If he gave me the gift... I want to open it. Is anyone in here ever given someone a gift only to see him like set it aside? How'd that make you feel? Huh? You give them a gift and they're like, oh, that's sweet. And you're standing there like, would you open it? That's from my heart to you. How does the father feel when he gives us gifts daily and we don't open them because we're afraid? Well, what if they accuse me of being greedy? What if what I don't want to become part of that blab it and grab it and name it and claim it group? Oh, yes, you do. Because you got two choices. You can either blab it and grab it or doubt it and do without it. And as for me, I would be—I would rather be a blabber and a grabber, and let them talk. Hmm. Is this okay this morning? Use your words. Psalm one hundred nine, verse twenty-eight says this, and I'm reading to you only the first part. Let them curse, but you bless. Now, the setting of this is what David is saying is all the people around me constantly working to curse me. They pronounce curses over me. They speak curses over me. They call me nasty names. How many of you know they didn't really? There are are some people, most people didn't think highly of David. Right? They all knew his lineage, birthed in iniquity. David said they curse but you bless. The Bible tells us to be like our father. Our father's a blesser. In fact, I shared, is this okay this morning? You never find curse mentioned until rebellion occurred. Never. There's no curse in the garden. None. There's no bad thing in the garden. And the first thing cursed was not man. The first thing cursed was the bringer of evil. Second thing cursed was the land. The curse didn't occur on man until he committed murder. God's not an equal opportunity curser and blesser. He curses out of necessity in order to confine evil. Y'all following me? A curse without cause shall not come. When things become so bad that if evil's not confined, it will result in the annihilation of all that is good and eventually of all mankind. Now God has no choice but in his mercy to judge and pronounce a curse. The curse is meant to confine the evil so it doesn't spread like a virus or a cancer through the body. Yes. Following me? But God does, He's not equal opportunity. By nature, He's a blesser. By necessity, He curses, but by nature, He blesses. Amen. Be ye like your Father. Yes. So don't go cursing everything. Use your words. Right? C- can we keep it real? You get in your car, it won't work, this damn car. No, sir. We're just keeping it real. I've heard Christians. In fact, when my wife and I first moved to Greenville, we thought, I've never met so many cussing Christians. Because I sat down with them at the table, and I've heard pastors say, God damn that congregation. And I'm like, well, no wonder they're rebelling against you, you bonehead. You're, con- you're pronouncing a curse over them. You, is this okay? I'm just keeping it real. Edit it if you need to edit it. But you and I need to be like our father and bless. Fathers ought to bless their children. Husbands ought to bless their wives. Wives ought to bless their husbands. We ought to bless our homes and bless our car, bless our occupation. Bless everyone who has anything to do with me. Because if you're part of my income stream, I want you blessed. Uh Let them curse. Those who are without God and without intelligence, let them curse. But as for you and I, we become like our Father and we pronounce blessings. If it grows on my property, it's blessed. Is this okay? You follow me? So we need to retrain ourselves to be blessers. We don't repay insult for insult and curse for curse, but we bless those who persecute us. Uh Y'all with me this morning? Hallelujah, Father. Let's go to Luke chapter 6, verse 28. Listen to this. This is what Jesus said. When someone curses you, bless that person in return. How many of you want the blessing to operate in your life? Then use your words, don't pronounce a curse. When someone curses you, bless that person in return. When you are mistreated and harassed by others, accept it as your mission to pray for them. Don't curse. Let's stay in Luke for a moment and look at another verse. Chapter 9, verse 54. When his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? Now, you've got to remember, they had Old Testament precedent for this. There was one prophet who called down fire. and There was another prophet who called out of the woods a she-bear and ate 42 people. So they're thinking, I want to be the prophet. Let me get them. Lord, do you want us to call down fire at this moment? Listen to what he said. Verse 55, but he turned and rebuked them. And said, you do not know what kind of spirit you are of. If we want to be blessed, we have to be blessers. Do you see that? Jesus rebuked both John and James. Now let's go to James chapter 3, verse 9. James is talking about the tongue. And listen to what he says in verse 9. With it. We bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth, both blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be this way. What is James saying? He's saying you ought not to be both a blesser and a curser, no matter what the provocation. No matter what buttons they pushed, bless, bless. If listen, and if they need to be rebuked, the Lord will rebuke them. How many of you want to flourish? Then believe you're blessed and use your words. Start speaking the blessing. If you have an income stream, A.K.A. a job, if you're an entrepreneur. Bless. Bless. You ought to bless your customers when they come into your place of business. Say, bless you. You want to know why? Because curse people ain't got no money. They ain't going to help you. You want your your customers blessed. You ought to bless your body. How many of you ever heard of a, uh, love, who wrote the book, Reverse the Curse? Derek Prince. Thank you. How many of you ever heard of Derek Prince? Yes, In the book, Reverse the Curse, there's an amazing story. I think his wife's name was Lydia. Yep. And Lydia didn't like her legs. Absolutely. She would speak evil over her le- My legs are so ugly. Yep. My legs are scrawny. My legs barely work. She just, she hated her legs and her words reflected it. She was constantly speaking curses over her legs. Then came a day, listen to me, her legs began to atrophy. She wasn't bedridden, but her legs began to shrink. The pain became unbearable and they did everything they could. They took communion, they spoke the word, they prayed, they chased down healing evangelists and nothing worked. And when Derek Prince went before the Lord and he didn't understand why nothing was breaking this curse, the Lord revealed to Derek that Lydia had been calling a curse upon her legs for years. Yes. And the only thing that was going to change it was she had to reverse the curse by using her words. Right. Wow! See, listen, some of you, you want to know why the new job ain't no better than the old job? Can we keep it real? You want to know why the grass on the other side of the hill died as soon as you got there? You know what I'm talking The grass is always greener on the other But listen, the truth of the truth is the truth. If you killed the grass where you are, should you get to the other side of the hill, you're just going to kill it there too. Because listen, if you're calling upon a curse, you don't need a healing evangelist. You don't need to run to some revival because they ain't going to be able to help you because the greatest prophet in your life is the one you see in the mirror every morning. You call for evil and it comes running. The Bible says a fool calls for stripes upon his own back. So when we're cursing, what we're saying is to the devil, hey, beat me. Beat me. Here's the whip. Beat me. We got to change our words. You ought to speak nothing but life and healing over your body. You ought to command every joint to be well, every hair follicle to work. Come on. See, I, I told you, I wish I'd known some of these things a few years ago when I thought genetics had to do its thing. Genetics are not your destiny. Wow. You weren't born of genetics. The Bible says you were born of his word. Yeah. Is this okay this morning? <laughs> your destiny is great. Your destiny is bright. You're, the outcome of your life and the end of your life ought to be one of absolute brilliance. Yeah where you call all of your children and your grandchildren to your bedside and you're able to bless them and bestow things upon them in your right mind and healthy in body knowing that the day is coming I'm going to be with the Lord but this ain't a thing of tragedy and disease and decay I'm just stepping from one glorious existence into the next glorious existence but before I go I'm blessing you lay your hands upon your children well pastor that sounds awfully far fetched I ain't never seen it well, then do it, and you'll see it. Yes. Can I continue? Is this okay this yes, morning? Sir. Hallelujah, Father. Mm, these things, if you believe in the blessing, you will speak the blessing. If you don't, you won't. You ready for some more word? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. I can't wait to next week. Next week, I'm going to talk to you about how blessed people act. I mean, the Holy Spirit's been telling it to me, and boy, I've been having to repent myself. <laughs> if you don't, you won't. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. But having the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we also speak. The spirit of faith speaks, and it always speaks what it believes. Hmm. The spirit of faith speaks life. The spirit of fear speaks death. The spirit of faith speaks blessings. The spirit of fear speaks curses. They may curse, but we always bless. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20. I want to read this to you out of the contemporary English. Listen to this. Make your words good. Now, you've heard me say this before, but most of the time in the Bible, almost all the time in the Bible, when you come across the word good, it's not so much about morality as it is productivity. Make your words productive. Make your words life. Make your words blessings. And you'll be glad you did. The next verse, verse 21, listen to this. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Now the question is this. How many of you enjoy rotted fruit? Well, if we understand that we eat of the words that come out of our mouth, do you want to eat cursed fruit? No, sir. Or do you want to eat blessed fruit? Well, then make your words. And see, for some of us, this is going to take some massive retraining. You got that right. It really is. Yes, because we grew up in a house yes. that spoke negative. Yes surrounded by negativity, everything is bad, everything da 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 I got some family members I don't like hanging out. I love them. But when I'm done, Steve, I feel like I got to take a shower. Because it's dirty, negative, constant, bad. Why do you think I like my church family so much? Because y'all are positive. I want some positive, faith-filled people who are going to tell me about what's possible, not what's impossible who when I share my dreams they're not gonna say Louis you can never do that you can never rise to the next level you ought to be glad for where you're at no. well I am but it ain't the end, right. right. end. cuz I'm blessed yes, sir. Mm. <laughs> is this okay yes, sir. so as Lydia began to bless her legs the atrophy reversed and her legs began to recover and they became what she'd always dreamed they would be. They became beautiful because she talked beauty to them. Can I say this you? Your life ain't as bad as you made it out to be. It could be worse and it will be. If you keep talking negative about it. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The Bible says this, and I'm chasing a rabbit and I'll bring us to a close in about the next hour and a half. (laughs) Above everything else you guard, guard your heart. The Bible tells us in other places that it's out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. Above everything else that you guard, guard your heart. Why? Because your heart establishes the boundaries and the borders of your life. Actually, out of your heart emanate the issues of life. So if you'll set a guard over your heart, don't allow in the curse, the negativity, the downside. And understand God is good, not some of the time. But God is good all the time. And you've heard me say this before. If God is the God who never changes, if he's the same yesterday, today and forever, then if he's good at any time, he has to be good all the time. And if he's not good all the time, then he ain't good none of the time. Whose report are you going to believe? he's either good or he ain't he doesn't have bad days if there's no variableness no shadow of turning in him he you either serve a bad judgmental vindictive god or you serve a god of blessing and of grace And of mercy, who's not holding your iniquity against you, but he poured out all of it upon the Lord Jesus Christ so that he could become sin, so that you could become righteous. He became sickness so you could become well. He became a curse so that you could be blessed. It either is or it isn't. And if it is, then quit doubting it and don't let them talk you out of it. Hallelujah, Father. Where was I? Proverbs 18.20 out of the New American Standard. With the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach will be satisfied. He will be satisfied with the product of his lips. Everyone say, use your words. It's written in one place, I'll set a guard over my mouth that I might not sin against you. Hmm. Okay, I don't want to keep you too long. Go to First Chronicles chapter 4. This might be our ending spot. You know, I'm convinced that in all the years I've preached, I've never finished a sermon. I've just run out of time. First Chronicles chapter four, verse 10. Now Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my border and that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from harm, that it may may not pain me. And God was angered by his request. Yes, him. Him. When you ask God to bless you, you're aligning yourself with the desire of his heart yes, and the design he has upon your life. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So when you, like Jabez, cry and you know, some of you probably have read the book and you know that Jabez actually means born in pain. And his name defined his whole life. He was known as the causer of pain. Pain defined him. He wanted to be redefined. You following me? See, some of us, we need to re... Our whole lives, we've been trained to believe we're lower middle class, never have enough. Redefine. Let the word of God redefine you. You can live a life where you don't need to borrow. Come on, brother. That's right. Come on, brother. The Bible says it. Come on, brother. That you'll be the lender and not the borrower. Not the borrower. Right. Well, what does that mean? It means I won't have to borrow. That's right. <laughs> so that when I have the opportunity to buy, I've been so blessed I can pay. Right. And when someone around me needs a loan... Look at Daddy Warbucks. Yes, Why? Because I've been blessed. Yes. Can you give me a few more minutes? Yes, sir. The prayer that Jabez prayed aligned himself with God's desire and touched God's heart. God wanted Jabez blessed. God wants you blessed. Yes. Yes. Say this, God God wants me me blessed. blessed. God has promised me me to bless me me over over and over and and multiply me me without measure. measure. That's Bible, bro. That's Bible. Do not allow small-minded men You've heard me say this before limited men who have limited god to limit you by their suppositions their opinions and their judgments if god said it it doesn't matter who speaks against it yeah. and i don't need someone to interpret the bible for me i just need to believe it uh-huh. So what did God do? God granted Jabez his request. He created you to live a blessed life, a flourishing life, a life where you flourish in the city and you flourish in the country. You flourish both in your coming and in your going. Everything you put your hand to flourishes. God enlarged Jabez's life. God kept pain from him. God, listen to this, God has awesome power to change a person's destination from curse to blessing. Yes, sir. And in closing, we'll read the verse again. Have no doubt. I promise to bless you over and over and give you a promise and multiply you without measure. Stand to your feet. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Hear me when I say this. One of the most wondrous realities of the blessing is that it does require no natural aid or support. So it really doesn't matter what happens in your environment. When you and I have become absolutely convinced we're blessed and we've learned how to walk in it. and walk in it is not about achieving it, it's about believing it and receiving it. then your life is absolutely assured. Victory is yours. Health. Is yours prosperity is yours yes. and you will fulfill the purpose for what you were born yes. Yes. so let's, let's lift our hands I thank you all for taking the time to be here this morning I certainly do appreciate y'all and I hope that you is that me Whose timer is that? Well, I ain't done, so you can. I'm gonna ignore it. I hope you sense what I sense that our building is here. It's close. It is so close. I can't tell you. I know exactly all the holdup, but I think that a large part of it is been that the people who inhabit it have been slow to obey God and abandon it. I really do. But it also could be that He's had us in hiding in order to save us from making a bad decision. But I know the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord, and every step of this journey we've been yes. trusting Him. Yes. So when we trust Him, even that which appears to be a mistake will prove out to be a proper judgment. Yes. Amen. Thank you for it, Lord. So Father, I thank you for this blessed group of people. You, yes. I believe with my whole heart they've received your word this morning not as the rambling of just another man, but as it truly is the word of Almighty God. So I thank you, Father, for a redefining right now. Lord, that it doesn't matter where we come from, it doesn't matter what we've been through, it doesn't matter what labels they've tried to stick on us. Our declaration born of conviction is that we are the blessed of the Lord. Yeah. And we'll say it loud and we'll say it clear and we'll say it consistently. We are blessed when we go out and we are blessed when we come in. We are blessed in the city and we are blessed in the field. We thank you, Father, that no matter where we go and no matter what happens, we are the blessed of the Lord. And it is our conviction, it is our confession, and it is our reality. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, "And Amen.